Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tim Fall Hat. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And here's a word from our sponsor, Athletic Greens. I take Athletic Greens every day because I want better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, okay? I hate taking a bunch of pills and vitamins. I want a supplement that actually tastes great and want to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it's real simple, okay? It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, okay? It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your, in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash timfoil. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash timfoil to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy the show. Tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Join me as always. Uh, Xavier Guerrero, and on the ones and twos in some weird log cabin, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard, who just celebrated his birthday. Happy birthday, Johnny. Uh, Yeah, I'm celebrating it tonight. Oh, okay. I think that means Johnny wants to hurry up. Okay, I got you, Johnny. Okay. Guys, this is our second to last show. Uh, This is a great one we have with Monica Perez from the Deep Deep Dive. She also was formerly of the Propaganda Report. We love her very much. It's a fun conversation. We wanted to talk about uh, FTX, but we ended up talking about everything <laughs> else. Uh, guys, we, uh, if you want to see me live in January, things start cooking with gas. January 12th through the 14th, Batavia, Illinois. I am at the Comedy Vault. Then the following weeks, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona at the House of Comedy. Then we're going to have some uh, LA. Co- then we're going to have some uh tin fall hats at the end of the month long beach we're at harvell's in long beach uh two shows and i gotta get this up but also so on the 26th is uh long beach and on the 28th bakersfield we're back at the well dropping hammer of the gods xavier myself maybe johnny can get his head out of his ass and join us and then february 24th 
We have, and 25th, we have Tacoma. I have other shows I got put up. And then in March, Bloomington, Minnesota. Big shit's coming. Uh, any dates? You guys got any dates? Nope. We're good to go. New Broken right, Sam just dropped. Check, uh, check it out. It's a good one. We had uh, someone who Sam saw an angel, dropped. a legit angel uh, encounter. It was amazing. Check that out. Yeah, we talked to the hottest janitors in America, and we find out why Mexican high school kids have such road rage. Uh, <laughs> check it out on Broken Sim. Guys, Rockfin, go check out the videos, Cash Daddy's um, uh, pay, uh, Patreon, and then all of our affiliates. Go to samtriplee.com and enjoy this episode with Monica Perez. We go deep, homeboy. <laughs> Eric, open your mind. Drink. Okay, we're coming towards the end. This is the second last show of the year, and I uh, couldn't think of a better person to have on. She's one of my favorite uh, researchers out there, content creators. Uh, she's a little bit of a black pill. So I enjoy having talks with her. Maybe she like kind of brings me back to reality and some stuff. But she's got a new show called Deep Dives. Please welcome Monica Perez. How are you, Monica? Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. I'm great. It's such a pleasure to be with you guys. I feel like this is launching my little holiday. And it's I'm all I'm all white pill because I'm all about the here and now and life. And I know you can't do this, Sam, but I like my cocktails. And yes, the whole like taking back the power, probably hopeless. But you know what? We're probably going to get to 80, 85 years old and, you know, hug our kids, hug our grandkids. That's it. That's all you can. I I was just thinking about that today, about like all these people that have moved off grid because they're just ready for this shit to pop. And I go and I was thinking like you made the right move if shit pops off. But if shit (laughs) doesn't pop off. You're living in some weird, I mean, it's like beautiful, but it's also like yeah. you're living really a lot harder than you have to. And like, I, I, I don't want stuff to pop off. But I also don't want people to think that I'm saying anything negative about people who grow their own food and all that stuff. But it's obviously you talk to anybody. It's like, yeah, it's a lot of work. And I get it. But that works out if everything goes shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going. It's like those people that spent half their time in bomb shelters in the '60s, you know, waiting oh, for, yeah. the air, for the air raid sirens. And my house was full of dried food. You know, my <laughs> father had us practice that stuff, putting tinfoil up on the windows and everything. And yeah, I agree with you. Like, it is a very hard road. And um, one thing that that does actually is take people out of the actual political mix, kind of like the dead and acid. It's like, yeah, it seems cool, but you had the, you had the numbers back then. And they're just like, Oh no, tune out. This is a good time to tune out. So I don't like like that. It lures people away. That is a problem. And like what I was saying to my husband, it's like, ah, or I would say to the kids, like, eh, don't worry about going to college. It's all, you know, brainwashing and the world's pretty much going to end anyway. My husband's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Telling these kids about to go to college. I'm like, Oh, if they want to go, and of course they want to go. And you know what? My father told me not to go to college too. And I remember thinking like, wow, I have a much better job than when I was a waitress and a dropout from high school. I think he was wrong. And now I'm back to like thinking he was right. But the fact is I did have a better job going to college. So maybe it'll all hit the fan, but you know. I'm much older than you, but when... I had the opportunity to go to college or not go to college. And it was incredible that any college would actually take me. But 
you know, there wasn't a lot of jobs outside of college. And I think now there's just so much opportunity because the internet to, to find ways to make real, real, a real good living outside the, the, the normal business structure. And so I, I think it's interesting. I think if I had to tell my daughters, I go, listen, if you want to go, go. If you want the college experience, just find an apartment near campus and go <laughs> hang out and run around and do all the stuff college girls do and have a good time without the debt. Yep. Well, I agree with the debt is bad, but for me, I was a waitress and I used to make a lot of money. I mean, I think I remember making, you know, $17 an hour after taxes. I worked six nights a week. I went to community college and it was great. People, single moms could raise their kids that way. And, but it was the only blue collar thing that was open to women for sure. And now they have this movement sweeping the country, which I think is totally a plot from restaurant owners to huh. change that from like getting 15% tips to getting $15 an hour, which would be all tax, it would be devastating. The women could not raise kids on their own with that but kind no of money. Tips? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing that wow. they're, they're trying to implement it for a long time and it's not taking off. They tried to do it in San Francisco and they had to go back because people can't live on it. But what they do is they put like 18% on the bottom of your check. And then you pay it thinking it's going to them, but they split it among everyone, including the people in the back. But all that means is they're giving people like a wage, maybe a little bit of a bump on the wage, but it's still like more like 15 or $20 an hour. And it really should be like $60 an hour is what you would get from, from tips. So like they're trying to make it so that all surplus gets absorbed so that you cannot like get out there on their own. But I agree with you. Like if you can... Go for it. I totally agree. Like I'm of that camp. I feel like I did drop out of high school. <laughs> you know, I went to community college and I transferred to Harvard. Like it was a weird moonshot. You transferred kind of to Harvard? Crazy okay. story. Yes. Crazy. And wow. then I kind of dropped out again. I was like, eh. <laughs> I guess what was not. Harvard like? Well, I transferred as a junior. And so that it, it was not really set up for that. So I lived like with the graduate students. It was so stressful. I could hardly speak. Like I literally, they would, you'd go around the room and say your name and I would stammer. Like I could not say my own name. I would, I just was just, and I had a saying like, I'm not leaving till they carry me out on a stretcher. So, I didn't. so is there in, so you went to what community college, right? Yeah. Brooklyn community okay. college. Is the education completely different at Harvard or am I am I paying for the name? Well, I found the community college good because, first of all, it's very approachable. You could talk to the teachers and you could learn everything they were teaching you, which I like. When you go to Harvard, it was just I mean, literally, I was a junior and the guys like, look at your syllabus. And did you read everything? And I looked over to the person next to me. I said, what's a syllabus? I was a junior in Harvard and that, I mean, maybe people don't even know what that is because I only learned it. It's like a list of the books yeah. and the things that you're supposed to do and the dates and everything. I didn't even know that. I didn't know there was like homework over the summer. I was way behind. It was such an overwhelming amount of work, which was nothing compared to when I went to law school, which actually features into what I wanted to talk about today. But it was such an overwhelming amount that it was like impossible to get my mind around having not gone to one of these prep high schools, which is where they really make the difference. So I was like an uh, affirmative action, poor kid kind of hire 
there and I was <laughs> ill prepared. So I wasn't gonna, I was there to prop up the like kids who went to Exeter and could actually handle it. It was really difficult, very stressful. I had no money at all. Like I, I had to literally like make friends with the kitchen guys who would give me some food because they gave me a full scholarship, but they don't understand I had nothing. So when they didn't pay isn't for that, my food, yeah, isn't that food. the isn't that the worst? Because you're hanging out with elite people uh, that have could, money, and I couldn't like go to bars or anything. Like I could not do anything because I literally had. No, I don't know if anybody has had that experience, but that's how I grew up. I'm the youngest. Yeah, Matt, Matt like, Damon. Nothing. Matt Damon had that exact experience actually. <laughs> <laughs> dead broke <laughs> well, yeah. no, yes I'm, yes, yes. he was the janitor yes right. Right. my father no, was terrible told me when i was very young like i was like 12 or 13 he goes you know what your birthday gifts gonna be when you're 16 a job like i i hit it running and i always yeah. worked always worked. i did too but you i couldn't work there because it was too hard oh to work and go to school Yes, that was, I could do it at a community college, but I could not do it at Harvard. Damn. So, That's and then, cool. but it's a method. So the first, I was there for four semesters and the first semester I got C's and B's and then I got like B's and B's and then I got A's and B's and the last semester I got A's because I just figured out how to do it and how to do it is to listen to the professor and everything he says or anything he wrote about is what he wants you to know. So you just have to figure out what they're going to ask you and you can do that by figuring out what they write about. Um, so you but, graduated from Harvard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and with economics. And then I went to Stanford Business School and Law School. And that frigging Stanford Law School was too, it, I, I did not figure it out till it was too late. So I did not do well. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. That was very stressful. Like but, you can't but, just cram in law school. You got, it's like, a, it's just from start to finish. Yeah. You have to like have good study habits, which is another thing you learn when you're, you know, in like a fancy high school or whatever. And I just, I was like, there's nothing I can't learn in one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Law school. <laughs> you cannot learn it one day. And they would tell you like, read the cases. Meanwhile, there are all these like crib note outline things that are like 80 pages, the whole entire class. And they literally said like it lacked integrity to use them. I'm such a moron, like nobody went, but I was an idiot and I just was so out of my elements. I just didn't know. And I was like, I'm going to do what she said. But again, <laughs> I was propping up the kids who knew, you know, whose dads were lawyers. That's crazy. And I get that. You're totally right. These private schools, a friend of mine goes, you know, they always say these people, these people run Hollywood, you know, runs Hollywood, private school kids. Yeah. They're all private school kids. And they uh -huh. all have this kind of polish that they just know each other. And that's who ends up, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies with each other. So it's like, intra I didn't know that about you, Monica. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And I mean, I was like, my father is very anti-school and he said, don't go to college. It's a waste of time and money and they'll brainwash you. And I totally believed it. And I mean, I'm the youngest of nine. And my mother, by this point, was like, so oh, you have any other. Yeah. Holy really? shit. I, I was the first that. one or the second one to graduate from college. Yeah. Like I was a pioneer. <laughs> more Mexican than Xavier Guerrero. Yeah, that's yeah, Mexican. You got some Mexican you. Definitely. Oh, got some yeah. Mexican I'm only you. Mexican by marriage, but yes, I'm definitely <laughs> culturally Mexican, which in New York was Puerto Rican. 
(laughs) There was no Mexican when I was growing up. Like Puerto Ricans are in New York and Mexicans are in Texas. I remember the first Mexican in New York. I'm like, how did you get here? Like, why? why (laughs) You know, why would Mexicans come to New York? It was so weird. It is weird. Mexicans in Canada are the weirdest. You're like, did you just keep running? Why? (laughs) I feel like somebody gave him a bus ticket, like a DeSantis, put him on a plane, like just said, hey, we need Mexicans there because the Puerto Rican thing's working out. And, you know. It was weird. Monica, I, I, I'm really excited. To, I always love talking. You always love when you're on the Union of the Unwanted. You are really like a very stable voice. Like when you say something, I go, there's probably a lot of research <laughs> into what is going on. And so and now hearing everything that you went went through, I, I, I believe it even more. Uh, which is so crazy that you and I are talking. You went to Harvard. I, I, I'm functionally illiterate. I mean, but it's a fun conversation, right? And um, so you want to get into FTX, but I really want to get into like, we'll get into that. But I want to lead into just the entire like, what is your feel about where we are right now? And are we winning? Are we losing? I, I know there's a whole this whole march to digital. And all these things are going on, but it's like, you know, I have you in my life, but I also have someone like Eddie Bravo, who's very much, I call him the prophet Eddie Bravo, because he talks about like things that maybe people, I don't know how to put it. It's like, it's like deep, deep, you know, it is a deep dive, but in a little different way. Right. And this whole notion that their whole process got sped up quicker than they wanted to. And that's why, as you know, you, I, and everybody on the show and people who listen to the show know about the Pfizer dumps, know about the data that, that the vaccine leads to clotting and all this stuff. And not every, not all people know that, and that's fine. We got Henry Winkler going, is it possible Fauci's a good guy and great American? You're like, uh, no. But, <laughs> but the way they seem to be marching forward, it's almost like either – the people at the very top are being lied to by their social media people that, ah, this isn't tracking well. Or they're just, they have a plan and they're sticking to it. And even though it does not seem like, even though we got idiots walking around with masks on, it doesn't seem to have stuck like maybe they would have hoped. Is that, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I understand what you're saying i do believe that they are i don't think it's ever like oh it went faster or it's out of their control or this world leader went rogue and he used to be a cia agent but then he's i don't believe that i think they i think you can call back to the you know religious expression like many are called but few are chosen i guess from the bible they like with obama who went to a private high school like so you knew he was one of those they i think they had they were what harry reed said like they're ready for you know whatever uh black uh, maybe light-skinned black i already say a guy who talks like uh can talk in the african-american dialect or um white american dialect like something like that they were ready for that so they had a lot of african-americans in positions like governors and mayors and stuff they were going to choose from them and some of them went up in flames and some of them didn't but ended up being obama and i feel like that's the same thing they like put out a lot of different uh psyops at once maybe and some of them take and some of them don't 
I think they know that they, I think like the way they unrolled COVID and you would have thought they would do it again. Like there was going to be another year of that, or you're going to have climate lockdowns like right on the heels of it or whatever. And I think they, they use those two year things to put their theories into practice, psychological, like deep psychological theories, real psychological research, sociological, sociological research. They unroll these operations like the COVID thing for two years. They absolutely analyze the data. They see how people react. They're ready for different types of reactions. And then they can push ahead or they can pull back. Like you can literally read, I used to do research on this, like psyops, and they would say like they would roll out and if it was good, they would push it again, another phase. And I feel like they they do that. And then also I think part of, so Mo, I, I would say, at least half of the value of all of that was them gathering the data they need to do the next phase of whatever it is they want to do, tech, technocracy or whatever. And that when they, uh, they also may need to pull back like matrix style. So they can't give you the perfect world anyway, because we wouldn't accept it. So they push it forward and then they give you, um, dissenting voices or you know they show their skirts a little bit and you see oh the Pfizer thing and that both gives us some sense of like what you're saying like there is a chance for us but in another way it also is demoralizing because we will not it won't matter. It's like if you read the report from Iron Mountain, they said, we can release this, which is 100% our plan for the future, and it won't matter at all. We don't even have to make it secret. There's nothing anyone can or will do about it. And I and so ultimately, I think that, but they had to pull back. And then the big, big picture, my son thinks that the future is Blade Runner. So this was a thing I, I threw out there and Johnny Vedmore repeated it, uh, retweeted it like, are we going to go to, is the future going to be the Blade Runner um demolition man or the matrix you know and and what is it going to be it's probably going to be blade runner like mostly society but flying cars and a lot of surveillance and so i i think we'll still have our humanity even though i am worried about genetic manipulation i think we'll still have our humanity but it'll just level up like every, after every world war it just you know part of the old goes with the remnants still alive and unless you can really kill them all like they're trying to do with COVID and the vaccine just kills old sick people that will help accelerate total change but i think this you know goes forward and back <coughs> i i love that Man, your kid's really smart, and I think there is something. Is smart. I I think there is going to be maybe two societies in many different facets, man. You know, like I think there's going to be so. You know, I think there's going to be big city living, and that's going to come with a lot of peril. That's going to come with a lot of surveillance. That's going to come, like, I think we're going to be a shinier version of Brazil. In a oh, weird wow, yeah, <laughs> where it's like super rich, super poor, you know, and these big cities are going to be just where you go to kind of grow your brand, risk your life. There's crime everywhere. People seem to be okay with it. It's like this thing I just tweeted, put out on Twitter, which was that mouse utopia, like. Where that 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 guy ran the experiment, built a giant city, let mice, and then you just saw violence and alt like alternative lifestyle. <laughs> these yeah, like yeah. 
the females stopped reproducing with a lot of the males and they got very selective. And then they create a society that lived higher up above everybody, which is like totally New York City and Los Angeles, right? Like yeah. this seems to be how mammals operate, right? Animals operate. We are in fact animals. And I think you're going to see where like the big cities are crazy and the small cities are like there's more you know more people are paying attention to like city council uh board of education all that stuff and we're just gonna have almost like two different ways of operating i i thought you were talking about the movie brazil <laughs> which is super no. trippy it's like <laughs> i was like wow that would be some some future but i think the big difference would i think the one thing that won't change is to your point that if and i don't know how tiny this little capstone would be or whatever but if you have money if you have a lot of money then you i think it'll be fine but you have to have a lot of money and that's going to come with being able to contribute to that system which is going to rob you of your integrity probably and it will go for that like elite like they'll give i they they're taking testing out of college i don't really know why maybe because yeah. they just need fewer people but they are definitely going to pick the ones they need i think they're taking all this out because they i mean to me the last time we've seen a move to destroy education like like this was right after vietnam and when everybody protested black white straight gay old young everyone protests against the vietnam war and I think they went, whoa, uh, too educative of a population. And that's where they started drawing back and back and back. And I think now, because of the internet and the, the free flowing of ideas, I think they're even scared more. Like we, And that's why they want to make us even dumber. But I also think this, Monica, and I'd love to hear your opinion is, Everyone's like, you know, man, what happened in the 1950s? Man, man, where were they? And they had all this education, all this stuff. And I agree, you know. But it's also like, where does that guy fit in today? Even if you took away the woke shit. Like, where, where's that guy's skill set fit in today? There is so much stuff on the internet and all the... Just business is completely changed. Everything's completely changed. Like, I was talking to these guys before. Like, you know, the whole thing was like, people can't... Uh, balance their checkbooks anymore i go well it was easy to balance your checkbook back in the day when you paid with checks and that was it <laughs> and you didn't have cash app and you didn't have a billion credit cards and paypal and all that stuff and you didn't have uh basically pro computer programs that told you how much you're spending here and all that yeah. stuff so to me like i'm not trying to say that people are smarter i think we just have in any way because obviously there's a lot of dumb dumbs out there but i also think that there is a like we have different knowledge now. I mean, we have different skill sets now that are more applicable to today's world than a 1950s man. Like Dana always talks about how her mother was able to raise four kids and it really by herself. Cause that, yeah, I'm like, cause that's all she had to do. That was it. She didn't have a, a job where she had to help make ends meet and work that with the kids. And, you know, it, it was just much simpler time. So to me, the information is simpler. 
I think, I think that fifties man, he didn't really have to be that educated. A lot of these guys were pretty savvy anyway, coming back from the war. I think they were like higher level people. And if you look back and you see even how they looked back then, like they're way younger than you think they are. You look at them, you're like, that's a guy in his forties, but he's not, he's a guy in his thirties. And it was like war or whatever. But I remember from investment banking, there was a transition when I was there from the guys who were the rainmakers, they would have all the clients and they could go and bring their book of business to other banks. And the banks got wise just when I was there and they started making every client in it. They made industry groups and they made every client um, a subject to a team so that no single guy could take it with them. And then they would more highly specialize everything from the banking services to each individual's contribution. And I feel like by doing that, it's kind of like they say, if you're an architect or an engineer, you work on one little bolt. You don't even know what if you're built, building a bridge or a building. And I feel like that is just like I was saying about the waitressing, like they are taking out all the surplus. So you were getting $60 an hour. Now you're getting $16 an hour. They saw surplus and they took it. They see power, they see control, they take it. So by being someone who absolutely has to plug into a complex system, you have virtually no power. So you're saying like in the cities, you will either opt in to live in a city and you've got surveillance or whatever, that you are plugging in to be able to get something out of that. And I actually feel like that specialization, and this is where I think those homesteaders and the off-grid people are like living a higher life, is that I think specialization is like evil. Like I think it overly uh, accesses one part of your brain. Cause I did for summer work as a lawyer, just an associate. And I mean, it was mind numbing 15 hours of reading like contracts and stuff. And it was just awful, terrible, but to be really good at it, you have to do it constantly. It's the only thing you can do. And when I look at like everything from Kaczynski to homesteaders and they, they are able to conquer the earth as human beings. And I feel like that's self-actualization. Like that's a psychobabble term, but I think you can't get it outside of that habitat and that it's really satisfying. It's really intellectual, but it is the enemy of those who want all the surplus to shoot up to the top yes. because it's empowering. Yes. yes. So what I've been saying is the, the, the pushback against the new world order is inside self local. That's what I think it is. So I feel like that's kind of what you're saying. It's like, yeah, you can live in a big city and, and plug into the matrix and take the good with the bad there, right? There's, a, you know, if you got FOMO, it's perfect. And then yes. there's some times where it's like at my age where it's like, I don't want any of this anymore. I would love to get out of it. I have certain issues in my life that aren't going to allow me to do that right now, but to go live, at, at, you know, on a land and grow food and all that stuff, you know, yeah. So I guess maybe I was wrong in, in earlier in saying that. And I do believe we're going to have a split society. That's isn't where... there isn't there any way to be in the middle where you can live in between a city and off the grid and still get both? Yeah, I, like, that's like, why like, I love like yeah. Nashville. Nashville's like that. Like you can be in the big city, drive 15 minutes, and then you're in the smallest town you've ever seen. And you're like, where am I right now? But even being in L.A., don't you feel hated by just for thinking? Yeah. Like, I feel like there's no yeah. way to be in between because you have to be aware of like if you're not buying into the city delusion or whatever, the society delusion 
you're just outside. It's like the vaxxed and unvaxxed. The fact that I'm unvaccinated says so much about me to the people, yeah. you know, sitting next to me at the high school football game. You know, I, I mean, you could literally like, oh my gosh, she's unvaccinated. You know, <laughs> like I won't be welcome. No, I'm with you. And that's all done on purpose. That is the, these right. big cities are free range reservations. We are no, you know, I mean, the indigenous would probably have a big problem with me saying that, but I go, yeah, it's not as harsh, but that's how they had to do it. They had to imprison us in a, like a cell that we didn't know was there, an invisible cell. So it's like when you see like, you know, I, I, I've talked about this before on the show, but like I was flying on like United or Delta and they're like, we have this new program where we're we're only going to train like female pilots and, every, and like I think there's pilots like oh my god that's so I'm like why is that great like no why is that great I don't want the oh man look how hot my pilot is I is it the best pilot out there that's that's what I'm more concerned about and why are you celebrating that and, and this gets into like society right it's like look at what culture is pushing on women and look at what culture is pushing on men. Women are told, okay, you don't need a man. You don't need to have kids. Your career's everything. And for some reason, the way it works, women can have children up to a certain age. And that's just the way it is. So by the time you wake up to this, it could be too late. And that's the, and I'm very nervous that what they would call high quality females right? Which we can have debate if they're super woke, if they are high quality, but what is high quality? What does that mean? This is a dating term. What you, if you watch like black YouTube, right? I, I love to watch <laughs> black YouTube where uh, black content creators break down dating and they're just vicious. They're like the only ones who are allowed to be vicious to white females. These are these are white, people of value, like high value people. Is that what you're saying? High value, yes. Meaning they have everything you're looking for: a good job, work <laughs> ethic, uh, tend to be on. You know, like all the physically. But, fit. Like, are there big butts and but like, is it a nice face, good hair, or is it just yeah everything? Just, they got everything. Is it just money? Want. Okay, all of it. Well, it's, all no, of it's it. money. It's how it's how they're built, right. how they look. They're attractive. Right eligible all all the stuff that and both sexes have different high right. qualities in the other sex but they talk about high quality and you whatever we want to talk about whatever high quality female is uh, a lot of them are not having children and i get very nervous that that's going to have detrimental effects on future generations and yeah, you got to take the good ones and make them breeders. Just well, like, that's yeah, that's really in the data. Dog. I mean, intelligent <laughs> intelligent people aren't intelligent people don't they have fewer kids than less intelligent people. That's no, I mean, that's they're in having the data. no kids. It I don't mind if you go. Wow, I'm gonna have we all have all we all can't be Monica Perez's mother and spit out <laughs> the basketball team, right? We can't do that. But Harvard students, but yeah. two, three kids, one kid. I take one kid from two. Smart people, not intelligent people. Smart. Too smart people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we need those in our society. All right, everybody, real quick. Uh, we just a quick word from our friend James McMahon and copy my crypto. 
Check out Copy My Crypto. A lot of people are making ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy them. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest. You simply do what he does. So let me tell you about James. He runs Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, has over 26,000 subscribers. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put $100 into each one, it would have gone on to be worth more than $123,000. Of the 26 coins he picked, the top pick of the year, one called Phantom, went up 692 times. That one call has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. So if you'd like to join the 2,800 members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com slash TFH. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash TFH. That's TFH. You will not only find proof of everything he said, but my listeners gain full access for just $1. Once again, that's copymycrypto.com slash TFH. The recession is here, guys. You can suffer like everyone else or choose to thrive. James is the real deal. Go visit his site now. You know, you're supposed to have at least two to three kids just to keep that population the same amount. Having one isn't helping us at all. There's two parents. I'll take one from some of these, like, super focus on their career people uh because they if, as long as they're smart people you know like i don't intelligent people seem to be walking around with blue hair and masks on and still worried about the ukraine and all that stuff which i would argue i would argue a lot of those people aren't actually intelligent either they're not smart right. or intelligent they're 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 posers who learned to work within a system well that's why i think intelligence is i think intelligence is understanding systems and understanding how to thrive within those systems smart is emotional experience and understanding unwritten rules and just how people on a street level interact with each other I mean, yeah, i'm just talking about raw intelligence you know like problem solving stuff that would be measured by iq i don't i think a lot of these people that you're seeing promoting masks and stuff even the even the physicians are when when yeah. you really if you really put an ear to them you know and and, and study them they're not they're not the smartest of the ones <laughs> all the smart people are on the other side the intelligent people you know yeah we used to have a my friends and I and I think it was in law school had an expression we all smoked it was like really smart people smoke and then one of them said but really really smart people don't smoke. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I was like, it's like the really smart people were smoking and the really, really smart people were like, yeah, no. Yeah. So, but I have a theory about the, why they're putting women on boards. So there was, I was investigating this FTX thing and I was listening to SBF's father talk to a former SEC commissioner who he's friends with. So that whole story His is- so former weird. employee, right? Both. Like there's two SEC commissioners in the story, but- um. But they were talking about a new, it was a podcast, and they were talking about a new law in California, which for now requires at least one woman on a board. And that number is supposed to go, it's totally arbitrary. And here's why I think they're doing that. I think they're doing that, especially now, like <clears throat> when you didn't have enough time to fill up the pipeline. So my husband and I both have these like Ivy League educations, 
quasi, I guess, Stanford, whatever. And I, I, I stayed home with the kids and he worked and he would say like, oh, you're my secret weapon, blah, blah, blah. Like he thought he had extra horsepower to be able to talk to me about stuff. And, um, but it was a choice. Like I have mammary glands, I have a uterus, you know, like I'm the one who obviously should be home using those things. And it didn't even matter to me anyways. Like, so I keep the cave clean. You kill the antelope, like nothing's changed. Totally fine. And, um, and he's out there killing antelope. And if and when he were ever in a position to accelerate that and use like his 20 years of experience to be on a board, and that door is absolutely closed to him now, even with a nice, healthy Spanish surname, like that goes nowhere anymore. And he's so well qualified in his little expertise that no one could really be add more value than him in this very narrow little area. And he just cannot use it. And in other, and they will say openly, like, there's this law. So if an if an uh, a board position opens up, we absolutely have to give it to a female. Like it's a law. And uh, I was starting to think, like, if you do that, so the law, the boards are supposed to oversee the companies and the CEO. Like the CEO goes to the board and spins his bullshit, and the board's supposed to say no. If you're there and you're not really in any way senior to that guy in knowledge or expertise or even as a seasoned board person, then who is going to push back on that guy? Well, probably the chairman of the board is probably going to be the guy, you know, with the comb over white hair on his arm and the comb over on his head and just sitting there waiting for everyone. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he'll say, how about this? You know, and then that guy either is the is the puppet master behind the face job. Or he has a puppet master who only has to access him. And I feel like that's what it's for. It's for concentration of power in one or two members of the board who can then because the, the, this whole idea of conspiracy is about how do they keep it quiet? Well, they keep it quiet by not telling anybody, like very few people need to know about a conspiracy. First, you find all the people who are naturally inclined to do what you want them to do. 100%. Yeah, and then you find the people who will do whatever is required of them and they don't ask any questions. But then you have the guy who actually gets the call from Klaus or Klaus's henchman. And if you only have one of those people, and I think that's why they are intentionally inserting people into boards who are not strictly qualified to push back on intimidating experienced people in the industry. Interesting. So they think they're weak. They, they're like a weak link yeah. that won't, won't push back at all. Interesting. There's also a level of psychopath too, of, of, all, I, I'm just going to say it like at, the, you know, this whole thing about Jews and all this stuff and Jews running this and Jews running that. It's just like what happens is that banking and Hollywood are very high profile industries. Right. And to get to the at the highest level of any industry, it takes a level of psychopath. It just does. Very. What rarely. connection are you drawing here? Sam? <laughs> no, no, no. So so my whole point is that it's not that these people are are evildoers because they're Jewish. It's just that they're they're evil doers who are psychopaths who just happen to be Jewish because they were Jewish created industries. Do you understand what I'm right. saying? It's That's intergenerational. This is 
this is what I was saying about the Ivy League stuff. Like I went to, I transferred from community college to Harvard and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And when I wor started working at a bank, I mean, literally one of the other girls was like, I always know when it's you in the bathroom because you wear nude stockings, like not colored stockings. Like everybody wears colored stockings. You're so stupid. And I was like, how the hell am I supposed to, I don't look at people's stockings. I don't care about that. I told that. you that? You're so yes, stupid. Yes, and she was doing me a favor. Oh yeah, she was doing me a favor. And you know, I mean- so uh, when they they have that advantage, and that is true for intergen, like when I said in law school, like the kids whose parents were lawyers and law professors absolutely knew had a way head start. 100%. So if, yeah, if you have an intergenerational industry and you can see it, like Nicolas Cage's last name is Coppola and he changed it because he didn't want you to know that they have a massive leg up and they do. And that's why you can get ethnic pockets in, you know, I'm not saying there is or isn't like huge conspiracies. I know when I was in radio, like I was getting like bombarded constantly with real anti-Semitic stuff. And they just want someone somewhere wanted me to think this. And that is a huge red flag for me. So I can't opine on it. I try not to go there because it I just any kind of like identity stuff. I'm still, even though they, they, Trump brought identity politics to the right, even though I um, everybody talks about that stuff. Like I was raised not to talk about that stuff. And I still feel like it's it's in poor taste. And I definitely don't want to fall for a trap. But I you can't help but notice that there are, you know, intergenerational effects of in everything, everywhere, even in the even in the mob shit. The banking started, because, you know, I was listening to this great guy. I told you again, White Lotus power, oh, yeah. White Lotus love. And he was bringing up this whole thing about these elites. What they do, dude, is they create this this friction between two groups. Right. They create friction. And what they do is they realize, and there's these two groups still have to do, they have to work together. They they have to do, let's say, trade, right? There was at one point where Christians and Muslims could not do trade. So these elites, these like black nobility, this was the video was about, they are the conduit to the business. They create the friction and then they're the bridge that connects and it goes over the friction. So you create these industries. So you create this thing where it's like banking is illegal. You can't do banking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Banking's illegal. Don't do banking. It's bad. God will hate you. But there's this religion that doesn't have that problem that can step right in. That's been kind of. And what's very interesting is right around the 1500s is when the Rothschilds show up is a when Jews were given full rights in Europe. They weren't allowed to participate in society. So they had to get like this kind, like every single group. And you know who, who you can kind of say it's like right now? Latinos in America. Latinos in America are filling in these holes for lawn maintenance, roofing, all these things that like Americans don't want to do. Electricians and plumbers and stuff. That's mm -hmm. where it's, that's where the value is. So they fill this role. That's what they step in and they fill this role. Well, they're not creating it. They're they're stepping into it. These super elites in which, like you said earlier, the Jew stuff to me is low-hanging fruit. There's layers above it, layers and layers of people you don't even know because they spent billions of dollars on, on a tr a trillions of dollars on hiding 
is it called obfuscating? Is that the word? Obfuscating, it, yeah. Yeah. Obfuscating. Where they where they hide their 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 tracks. So well, that would be where they would hide it because that stuff is what they want you to focus on. That if it's so obvious, if it's so obvious, you gotta know there's other layers behind it. But That's then it could be that it could be like an Easter egg where they put it there. Real obvious, so you think it can't mm. possibly be that, you know, like you could just get conspiranoid, you know. I I could no, just I mean, go forever with that. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, well, it could be, and then it brings right back to, and then you're like, and then that's that's what they want. You and to it do. doesn't matter because there's nothing you can do about any of that anyway. It doesn't matter if you identify no, some strain, some you know, DNA strain somewhere. It doesn't matter. And because we can't even agree. We can't even agree on what the problem is. Like, I mean, people are looking at like, are they shape-shifting lizards? Should we be trying to communicate with aliens? Are you know, let's go look for Sasquatch. And I'm like, I don't even think dinosaurs are real. So, you know, <laughs> dude, you don't have to say that fair. We I I personally don't think they're real either. And they I seem don't think so ridiculous. weapons are real. Oh, really? How about nuclear power, surely? Nuclear power, yes. Nuclear yes. weapons, no. I think yes. nuclear weapons, we have big bombs, they go boom. Dresden. Okay. Yeah. Right? What they do though is they've created this thing that ah yeah. if you you don't have this, you don't have the ultimate power, you better play ball with us. But somehow this country that could never even get a rocket off the launch pad called North Korea somehow's got it. <laughs> whenever we need to rattle rouse and the CIA needs more money or the military, dude, that crazy cabbage patch doll over there, <laughs> he's going to bomb us. And then it's like, give him more money. It's like, it's so obvious when you understand it. The question is, if they have all the money and all the power, why why do they need the money? If they have, if they can print the money, what is it about? And I just think it's about devaluing the dollar and just mentally making us feel like shit, like we're spending all this money. Because you know, you talk to people, they're like, "Dude, I'm tired of my taxes going to this, this, and that." You're like, "Well, your taxes tend to go to paying off the debt that the Federal Reserve." Yes. Is charging you an interest. I think I think I might have an answer. All right. Sorry. So I feel like they like you're if they have it all, why are they what are they doing? And this I've been trying to crack the code on this, this 24-7 fire hose of propaganda all the time. Like you can't. So I was saying, like my daughter, and she does not use TikTok anymore, but when she was using it, like it was messed up. It would literally be like cats, 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 cats. Roe versus Wade, like if threatens your, you know, whatever life, like women need to reunite like cats, cats, pickles and cats, 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 you know, and then it's like Ukraine, we need have to fight for Ukraine. So they are constantly <laughs> propagandizing it constantly. And it reminds me of, I just identify it right now, the distinction between an animal that has been domesticated and tamed. So domesticated animal is like, I believe that the, I'm getting it right. Like the domesticated animal is a species, like a, a species of animal that does, can like a, a milk, a, a milk cow needs to be milked. Like you can't, that cannot turn wild. And, um, but you can raise like a servile cat or something in your house and probably keep it from being a wild animal. It's tame. But if you stop petting it, if you stop feeding it, if you stop having home and you let it out, it would be a wild animal. It would be wild. And some species are net are not domesticatable. 
And I feel like we kind of have the earmarks of being tame, but not domesticated. And they have to be in a constant state of petting us and feeding us and making sure that we don't use our ability for abstract thought, which is our wild power it's, you know, in a wild individualistic way, it's all about like keeping that individual power from asserting itself from the, so from the fifties businessman to like just the propaganda. So you're saying that TikTok and Instagram is them taming us. Yes. And if we get Everything. off of it, CBS news, CNN, all of that, it's just, and, and yeah, when you get off of it, you're, you're totally free. Like, if you know, people are homesteaders and stuff, they laugh at you. Like I'll go and I'll just be like, Oh, we're in the no, world ending. And they're just like, laugh at you. They're like, what are you talking you. about? Like, eat this peach. I just grew it. It's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And I think that's why it must be constant. And that's why they are, you know, I think they're willing to completely destroy something if it means in the short run they can get what they want. And I think you're going to start seeing that with pro sports. I think there's also part of them that's kind of like, okay, these guys are getting a little too rich. Like, you know, so again, going back to this video by this white Lotus power guy, uh, let me make sure I find out what his name is. I want to get it right. But uh, he was talking, they were having a great conversation. And one thing they talked about was how rich this one family was. And let me make sure I get it right here. I want to make sure I get it right. Cause it was a really great conversation. How rich this one guy was. Okay. It's white Lotus of light. I'm trying to get him on the show. White Lotus of Light is the name of his uh, his YouTube channel. And he's uh, into astrology and all this stuff. And uh, they were talking about how this super elite family that most people don't even know about showed one of these guys their actual bank account. And it was had trillions of dollars in it. Trillions of dollars in it. And when you say trillions of dollars, you start to go, come on, dude. That's cartoon money. You're talking great. There's no such trillionaires. You go, okay, you think there's no such thing as a trillionaire? You think they'll give LeBron James a billion dollars? <laughs> you think they'll give Jay-Z a billion dollars for rapping and have that dude on their level? You're fucking nuts, bro. You're nuts. Yeah. There are for sure trillionaires out there. Trillions and trillions of dollars. Right, because Elon Musk is a created person. And he's worth $100 billion, right? Yeah, I'm, I, I'd like to get into all that because I really want to talk about this FBS stuff. I know oh, I don't care about that. I did it twice already. I have two deep dives on it. Anyone who wants to hear about FTX, go to my two deep dives on Deep Dives with Monica Perez. That's it. So we can get to it if you want. But I have a couple of comments on what you just said. I love you yeah. take notes. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I know you can tell because I have my giant pen, but like I have to remember. Otherwise, because I have an interrupting problem. I do So too. like the only way I can do it. So uh, the war thing, okay, sorry, you were saying sports. And I noticed that all of a sudden they were dismantling sports. And I feel like sports was the representation of war and war was the organizing framework of society, which report from Iron Mountain, the subtitle is on the possibility and desirability of peace. And the whole thing is about how war structures society. And now that they have nuclear weapons, may or may not be true, but, but they were saying now that we have nuclear weapons, 
we can't use war as the super scary thing because no one will believe that we would ever go to war. So we need a different way to organize society. We can keep everybody in line by threatening them with a global police force, or we can do something else. And so I feel like once the pandemic came, I said, oh, I understand it now. They don't need sports as a real bonafide proxy for war because now they have, it's not us versus us, it's us human beings versus some non-human thing, whether it's climate change at the macro level or microbes pandemic on the micro level, they don't need that anymore. So they don't want like two sides of humans. They want the ball, you know, and the point or whatever. And so no, I get that. I think you're society. really, I, I think that me is totally accurate. I do believe that there will be a shit. I mean, sometimes when I promote some shit, like I did this reaction video on Instagram about this flying web dick that was just <laughs> flying and they were calling it a jig. And I'm like, am I just promoting Project Bluebeam right now? Is this all I'm doing? Am I participating in the promotion of that? But I totally think you're right. I think also that sports um, allow cultural Marxism to begin to seep into your, into your living room. And, and that it was the first time many houses allowed a black person into their living room by allowing him to appear on the, on his TV screen. And now you start watching this stuff. And now black people, as they should be allowed, are in your living room all the time. And now you're starting to start thinking, not only are they in my living room, but they seem to be superior in many different ways. And now this cultural Marxism begins to show. And again, I love everybody. I, I I don't care what you are, but this is what's happening. So now we fast forward. Every commercial is interracial, and that's fine. But it's it's always, if I wouldn't say always, I'd say 90% black male, white woman every time. And it's just, it doesn't. What's that about? You don't just. Throw up the sheets and it always lands on blackmail. White <laughs> What's that about? Cultural Marxism, man. No, but I mean, why Why does it blackmail and not white male? Because I don't understand if there's some like meaning to that. I'm sure there is. What is it? Because that's usually what happens. Yeah, it's usually it's usually a black guy gets a white chick. When, the, when do you see a black chick with a white dude? Start to create rare. this yeah, thing where you... Cultural Marxism, basically, when you break it down, what their whole thing is demonize the ethnic majority, right? Elevate the ethnic minority, start gender okay. wars. All, all so uh, the male would be the dominant. Yeah. Yes. Like I, Monica, I'm sure you're not a porn hub uh, regular. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, take I'm a chance on porn. that. I've tried. That would be the biggest <laughs> biggest conspiracy that Monica put on <laughs> porn hub com constantly. Uh, but it's always a cucking video, and it's like this weird domination thing where white guys watch their white wives hook up with black men. It's just, and it it gets into cultural marks. This is what yeah. it's all about. And white women, there, you know, I was I was hanging out with Liza Schlesinger the other day, or go, she goes as Liza, and she she just had a kid, and we've been talking about our children. And she was like, so I had this kid and everyone's come to me. Oh, your daughter's got this. Oh, your daughter's got that. Your daughter's got this. She goes, no, she has none of that. And she goes, there is this war 
on upper and middle class white females that they do not know how to mother their children. And they need all this outside help to get it done, which gets them relying on the medical industry and pharmaceuticals. They, they have, they, you, you, if you listen to uh, Bill Cooper, they all, he talked about the, the role was to make women emotional balls of energy. Everything's emotional. And I say this all the time on the show. Women make the rules of society. Men make the rules of business. And what they've been trying to do is take the rules of society, which is everyone gets a chance. We all should get along. It should all be fun. And they're trying to bring it to business. And some of these businesses have adapted these rules to disastrous results. To the point, because what they don't understand is when they watch it happen on a big level like network news or uh, sport or whatever it is, all those things have BlackRock funded money because they're doing ESG scores credit, which allows them to do business with BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street and all these people. And then those companies take the lower companies take losses, but BlackRock gets all the money back when the Fed does a giant bailout. So it all, it's like this weird kind of thing. But as an outside company, you see these big companies do it. You're like, we got to do it too. And it blows up in their face. Like the small company was trying to work with Colin Kaepernick. And they were doing all this like product and placements and, and producing uh, merchandise for him. They died on the vine. Because in reality, nobody likes Colin Kaepernick at all. <laughs> he doesn't resonate with anybody. But the way the media looks like, he's a media darling. He's not at all. And so when it gets applied, so that's my whole thing. So Everything- it's getting rid of, it has to be getting rid of every, see, I even think the Vax is like middle management's the problem. Like the French Revolution, like they needed the bourgeois class to get that thing going. And that's, and even when there would be giant economic wipeouts, when I was in investment banking every 10 years, it was the middle management that went because the vice president level, which executed the deals, mm-hmm. they get paid a lot. And then you have way too many of them. You don't need that many at the top level. So every 10 years, they just fire all those people. And then they have the really the cheap people on the bottom who work like dogs. It's actually called tournament theory. They have that, they keep them in place, but then there's like not that much competition at the top. And I feel like same thing with like the, it's the professional class. It's the really educated people. Apparently it's like the really smart, really, really smart. Like the really smart people took the vax and the really, really smart people did not. <laughs> and so why would they do that? There's their true believers. But I'm like, you know what? Those are the middle managers that will ultimately, you got to kind of wipe them out. If they start getting surplus and stuff, they could be a threat to you. Well, this is what the Yuri Bez, Bezvinov guy said, right? Like he talked about yes. the useful idiots in a weird way. These are all useful idiots, middle management, useful idiots. These woke teachers on TikTok, useful idiots. And when they're, I I tell all these people, go look at Russia, go look at China, go look at any of these Latin American countries where communism and real like socialism is. And tell me where ethnic minorities, women (laughs) and gays stand. They don't anywhere. They're marginalized or wiped out. And that's what happens. Yuri talks about it. Because they're used 
to push the agenda. And then once their agenda's in and they realize, oh, I got played, they become the most dangerous opponent. So you either lock them up or snuff them out. Hey, real quick, I just want to tell you about our friends at True Classic. True Classic is my favorite shirt. They fit my bad angles really well. And the holidays are here, and there is plenty of t-shirt cheer. Thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for you for your wish list, okay? True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life, okay? True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say that this is the gift that the ladies will appreciate too, okay? True Classic has already helped 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can say big while you do so, okay? Get 25% off True Classic with my exclusive trueclassic.com slash tinfoil link okay and the discount doesn't stop there you'll save even more during this site-wide sale okay support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash tinfoil i love it i love wearing them dude you know i got bad angles i got some chi cheese in the gut and it looks really good on me their jackets are great their shirts are great look good while having bad angles in the t-shirts you just have you just look good that's what it is uh they got underwear they got socks they got you name it every color they got pants they got shorts i love it they're amazing okay and for my big fellas out there they have long options for tall guys and up the triple xl big boys big get boys. some love big boys if you're rocking a santa bod True Classic might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for, okay? So here's what I want to do. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash tinfoil. Free shipping included on a purchase over $100. That's 25% off trueclassic.com slash tinfoil. Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classic. I get what you mean there. Thank you, True Classic. <laughs> there was this crazy thing I was reading about the populist movement, which emerged after the Civil War. I really knew nothing about it. I just started reading about it recently. And I guess after the Civil War, the small farmers were having problems and they started to band together and start a third party, which like might have taken off. And they started to band together with poor black farmers. And that's when the South got segregation from what I've been reading, I think it's universally accepted. They pushed the segregation down because they knew that that, you know, it's almost like reverse cultural Marxism or like the real socialism came from the classes uniting. And that if it, it that would be actually quite effective. So you would have to dismantle that if you want to take the power back, use it for the power. And then you have to dismantle it when to take it back. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes they, like I think you might say earlier, but sometimes they give you a little to think that you're winning. In reality... Keep you engaged. Otherwise, you'll give up. They want you to keep working. I mean, nobody's really stopped working. Nobody's like, this is... There's the homesteading group, but still, they have more people than they need, especially as they use, like, the COVID two years to automate everything they really don't need as many human beings as they used to and now like you're not even going to work anymore people are working remotely and that's another thing that just drives me crazy people are clamoring to work remotely and i'm thinking like you are 
one aha moment away from being replaced by someone in India. <laughs> like that's it. Like immigrate. You don't even need to have people physically You're emigrate. So right. You're so right. By making everything via yeah. Zoom, you're create you're helping them figure out how to how to run a business without a headquarters. Right. And to have like it's like call centers. They're all in India. And if you can just make everybody be willing to work via Zoom, you can have everybody just anywhere. You don't even need visas to have them come over. They don't need to do the cost of living here. It's like next to nothing. You start getting Indian level wow. wages in LA. It's like, yeah, people are stupid when they, they're just, and they're insisting on staying home. They don't want to go back to work. I'm like, oh. you You can't blame them though. I wouldn't want to go back to the office. I mean, I understand where you're coming from in the long term. They better go home. They better go to the office. Yeah. But I don't blame them. When I hear people tell me like, oh, I get to stay home. I don't have to get lunch. I don't have to sit in traffic. I'm like, for the same pay? I, it's a I win totally agree. And it, it just won't be the same pay. So get ready to move to Iowa, which is fine. Oh, like, 100%. go ahead, move to Iowa. And that's a big thing, Elon Musk. Now, you think Elon Musk isn't real. I, I have said this before, that all these billionaires... When we study their story, yes. it's all a lie. And I think this goes all the way back to the Rothschilds and Mayor Rothschild, who like has this Paul Bunyan type story about being like 14 in an investment firm and just dominating. He came up with all these. No, man, he was a rich kid. And the powers that be probably studied his data even back then. And realized he was a wow. psychopath. And they promoted him and gave him these ideas. <clears throat> so the same thing with Bill Gates. Like he's he's a rich kid whose father and mother fully engaged in the dark arts. He did he didn't work it 10 times harder than everybody else. <laughs> he was a hard worker. Like the story Jeff Bezos is complete bullshit. His grandfather, yeah. I mean, everyone just like, oh my God, he works so hard. He's just out there. He's in it. But you were at, at home, like eating Doritos. He was in his garage. <laughs> like, oh, no, he didn't. He didn't do any of that. They they used DARPA technology to, and they started with books because they knew nobody gave a fuck about books. Okay. And they figured out yes. how to work, how to make it work. And once they got it down and it was streamlined, then they moved into everything else. Everything. And that is why. Amazon doesn't pay taxes because why would the U.S. government pay taxes to the U.S. government? It is an extension of the U.S. government. The same way Facebook and, and YouTube and Google, yeah, Google is an extension of maybe not in the U.S. government. Maybe it even goes deeper into like the deep state and whatever that represents and whoever that might be. But these are deeper, deeper, deep. It goes much deeper than that. Okay. So I there's so much to what you said. But I, and I did once look at like the top 10 American big tech guys. And they were all, I think the only ones I couldn't, Elon Musk, I, I know that there's a code crack out there. I didn't do it, couldn't do it. Every single one of them was one degree of separation away from military intelligence. And I, even Bill, Steve Jobs, which is the one I could not crack, his biological father, who he supposedly didn't really know, was a CIA agent in Syria. Like, no question about it. So I thought that was weird. Like, the one that I couldn't find the connection. That's the guy, that's, who, that's the guy who ran the restaurant? 
Yes. Okay. Or he right. met him in a restaurant. Yeah, I, there's definitely a restaurant story there. But when you said like they look at them young and decide, like I never heard anybody else say that. And I've thought of that because of a lot of examples. Like George Soros was working for the Nazis when he was 14. James Comey was had identified the Ramsey rapist. Do you ever hear this story? When he was like 17, he there was a rapist in Ramsey, New Jersey. And he said that he was attached by him and that he could identify him. He put some guy in jail who later got like three and a half million dollars because it was totally not him. Comey, as a 17 year old, was absolutely swearing to it. I think he liked the limelight. And I always felt like they identified him as somebody who could do it. Castro wrote, wrote a letter to FDR when he was like 12 years old saying, I'll, you know, send me a dollar and I'll do anything you want for America. I love America. And there, there were other ones. And I think one place where they do that kind of sifting, I might've told you about this, like Jeff Zuckerberg, Sergey Brin, Lady Gaga, and D'Angelo, the Quora guy, those four guy people, at, at least there's probably more, were at the Center for Talented Youth and Johns Hopkins. Are you familiar with this thing? No, it's but like I got a, a story that fits it. Yeah, it's like a summer program, but it's not for talented youth. It's to study talented youth. And you have to get a 1200 on your SATs when you're 12. And they go in in the summers. And I think that's how they pick these people. Because Zuckerberg, I believe, was a classics major, not a computer guy. Maybe well, both, but. So Jeffrey Epstein had a camp for a talented youth. And major Terry Crews came out of there. I forget the name of the female comic. She's so funny. She's the one who kind of has like schizophrenia, but she's she was uh, uh <laughs> something dynamite was her TV show. She she Maria Bamford, Maria Bamford, and then there was a supermodel went there. Like they and these they all blew up. They all blew up, and that's that's how they identify you. I mean, duty, and everybody knows. I maybe they don't all know, but. Jeffrey Dahmer called the White House, called the yes. president as a kid. So, so how does so, that happen? Because you, there's connections to that. Do you think this is all? Do Do you think that this is how they get school shooters as well? It's like you pick the 100%. smart ones. percent. So it's yeah. the same test. It's the same test. Just smart one. I put you in the mill and put you in the government. Stupid one. I make you fucking kill people and act like an idiot. I you, was you, just thinking. Test? There was the one, it wasn't Buffalo. It was like something up there though. And the kid was like in math camp and he got little awards and everything. And I, and uh, I think they, you know, they get, usually it's, they get a run in with the law. They usually, you know, go to the FBI, you know, are taken in by the, even the Columbine guys had a run in with the law shortly before they did that. And I think they either identify them as patsies Maybe they even do that, like the beaming okay. MK information Ultra. into, yeah, like voices into voice their heads. God. Say it again. Voice of God. Yes, I believe that that that's pretty much in in evidence that they can do that, and I and I think they could do it. But I think no, I think that the shooters and stuff they are identified this other way, like the terrorists are sort of on the at the moment ready to snap or snappable. But these other ones, like the lifelong, the ones they identify young, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. But another thing they do, I think, is these like summer programs like Stacey Abrams did Telluride. And I think AOC had one for Hispanics. And I think they do it like by race. They look for 
brown and black people mm. to uh to go into the and you and it looks like they're giving him a hand up but what they're doing is using it as a way to identify who's the one who is who's going to be their pet psycho who's going to you know be that face job that they need and it's so it's so fake like the the person of color thing is like just a facade just like when they come out of the telluride or whatever it's just a facade and i think that they they are go really go through the paces with the intellect and a lot of them have acting backgrounds stacy abrams said that had an acting background and i just i feel like they a lot are yeah, called these people I, play, you are chosen play, play roles i mean obama yes. is, is a bush and he just plays a role of how he should act and interact with people. Ice Cube is the Larry the Cable guy of rap. He didn't grow up a gangbanger. He didn't grow up in a bad section of town. His mother and father both worked in the public school system. Like one was a bus driver, the other one was a teacher. Did you ever see Max Kellerman's rap video? Yeah. You know who Max Kellerman is? He's the yeah. sports he's Yeah, the he was like guy. the the M&M back then, but yeah, then his he was brother trying, got like, brutally murdered. And what was that all about I'd like to The brother know. getting murdered thing, I don't know, but yeah. some people say there's something fishy around that story, but I'm just saying like they were just trying him out in different roles, I presume. That's interesting. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Was he was like okay, rap didn't work. Let's get you into right. sports talk. Sports. Yeah, interesting. And the weird way, would you say Oswald was the first school shooter type of thing? No, I mean, wasn't there a maybe? I mean, we've had assassinations before. John Wilkes Booth was a well, was a Freemason, and he the he UT was, Tower shooter, I think, was was that before the first prominent one. Was that I think before? it was, but even like. The, you know, Jolly, you get in a job. We just had a show about oh Jolly. Oh my gosh, did you? Because was he was 66. good friends with he was good friends with Charlton Heston. Oh, it was 66, so it was after. Yeah. So he Jolly West was good friends with Charlton Heston, and they used to go gin up these civil rights things. And I'm just trying to like I'm scratching my head that that why, you know, why was what did Charlton Heston do for Jolly West? And I'm dying to find the connection with Charles Manson and Jolly West. Like I cannot. What do you I mean? He was his. Well, you don't know that. I th I thought I then I read that whole book Chaos and I couldn't like it just no, wasn't. He was basically Jolly West opened up. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I I I I. I think so. The thing in L.A. No, no, he opened up a, a, a San Francisco. Oh yes, 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 yes. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. That is what that, it was. That was data. They yeah, that wasn't you, that wasn't chaos. Free yeah, medical. Sure. If you told them what you were doing right. and how you reacted, no, it's it's who programmed him in the when he was institutionalized as a kid. That's what I want. That's data again. That's all data. Like, dude, every one of these kids in the system has a profile, and there's they, they, right. they keywords okay. that they're looking for. When, when going through their profiles. And based on that, they start studying them. So even before we get to this crazy place where they're trying to demonize hippies, they know Charles Manson has all of the characteristics of someone they can manipulate. Yeah. 
and manipulating a way he doesn't even know he's getting manipulated. Players around him, pushing him in certain directions, so he goes to certain, and do certain things, planting like, ideas in his idea. It's deep, man. Do you remember that there was? I forget the name of it. It was a Jeff Bridges movie where he was a professor, and there were some radical like like agent provocateurs around him. And he thought he was stopping like an assassination. And then what happens? He gets his car in the garage and he opens his trunk and there's the bomb. Oh was Cusack God. in it? Joan it Cusack might, and Tim, Tim, Robbins. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. But it really affected me. I go, oh man, again, th- there's something, I forget the name of it, but something of operation where they Arlington like, Road. Of operation. Right? What? Arlington Road is the oh. film you're talking yes. about. Yes. Yes. And then Although I think you just spoiled it. Yep. It's an old movie. <laughs> it's a hey, real old movie. It's hey. gotta be how old is it? I don't even I'm, want to know the end of the Bible. Like 99. I haven't even gotten to the end of the Bible. Oh, it's over 20 years old. I can't. If you don't tell seen me it who yet, Luke's father won't watch it. <laughs> don't tell but, me. So he he meets all of these students and they they have like their own agendas and he realizes they're agents. But after it blows up, you see those agents talking to the news. Wow. Yeah. He was a very extreme professor. I was very nervous about what he was saying. You're like, wow. But people will think that you're crazy. If you think that that stuff is really happening. That's so funny because the Wikipedia entry for it says the film was heavily inspired by the paranoid culture of the 1990s concerning <laughs> oh. right wing militia movement, Ruby Ridge, Waco, Oklahoma City bombing. Oh. So it so is funny. so funny how they spin Waco. Like it was a bunch of right wing. Oh, my God. Oh, so crazy. The they, Americans. they lit themselves on fire. But I have to interject this about the FTX thing. So the real punchline, like code crack on that one was that I think these guys, and I went to Stanford Law School, so the father was my mm-hmm. crim professor, and I liked him. Like, I, I found it impossible to believe that oh, they were- really? Yes. You I mean, I didn't that? have a relationship with him, but I oh. he was my crim professor, and I liked him. Oh. Yeah. And and the another SEC commissioner was taught something. I forget what he taught, but he was also Professor Grunfest, and he was friends with Bankman. So I'm looking at this thinking there's no way they let these these kids get away with this. You know, like mm-hmm. Caroline Ellison, the girl involved, like her parents were economics professors at MIT and he had an SEC commissioner. The current one worked for him. And both of them, Grunfest and Gensler, were all about the crypto and the something bad's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. And I just could not square that circle or whatever. And what I ended up thinking was that they... They have this weird ethic, effective altruism, utilitarianism, um, consequentialism, whatever you want to call it. But to me, it all goes back to the ends justify the means and that they think I personally believe that they all think that they are doing a moral service to the world, kind of sacrificing the firstborn, whatever. But I don't actually think that he'll go to jail. And I think that in their own minds they are doing the world a favor and i just so the only reason i'm actually bringing that up at this point is that this idea that there would be a conspiracy like that people think i'm crazy you're trying to say that the powers that be sacrifice sbf 
and purposely demolition this thing. I don't think that SBF is truly sacrificed. I think that he will actually be somewhat vindicated. I would be surprised if he technically broke any U.S. laws. Like, I don't, I bet he didn't. And so I don't think they're really sacrificing him, but I think they set this thing up from the very beginning, all the PR, everything. It was very hyped, very public, and it hit all the things like Grunfest's thing was these um, ITOs or whatever, ICOs, like having your own coin. They didn't like that. Is everything about this checks all the boxes for these guys. And I just think that they all got together. I think that the parents were totally complicit. The kids all knew what they were doing and that, you know, maybe they gave them the test and figured out these are kids who can handle it or I don't know what, but I feel like that it it was that level. I know it sounds crazy, but especially since these people, you know, I like them and they seemed I would I, I just couldn't get my mind around this whole thing. And the only explanation I could really think was even remotely possible is that they feel like they're doing something ethical. And I just and so I just feel like that that implies like an actual overt conspiracy that I really think happened. And people will think you're crazy, but yet they can depict stuff like that in a movie and people watch the plot and they find it plausible. Why? Because that stuff does happen. That stuff obviously happens. You know, yeah, Warren I, Buffett I isn't waiting and watching Fox News to see what Obama does next. You know, he's te- he's telling him. It's very weird how we can accept some things and not other things. Right. Like. You're totally right. They can watch this movie and be like, oh, yeah, it could totally happen. And then when you're like, oh, this happened in real life, they're like, come on. That, that would never really happen. We would have known about it. It's like, how? Who's, Who's so, going to tell you, Tucker? Do you, so what do you think their morality or good thing that you think that they think they're doing is? I think they think two things. I think they think that crypto is dangerous and could hurt a lot of people. And they needed to that to be under control. And I think what they think they're really doing is ushering in a safe digital currency. They're setting a framework for a digital currency, which will end up being not just the CBDC, but a world currency. You know, that's how you're going to, that's the only way you're really going to have a world currency is if it's like that, I think, just like you have a world workforce, it's got to be digital. And I think that they think that they're they're changing the world for the better, that there will be a a better system that maybe we have too much debt. There'll be a collapse. I don't know. But they I think they feel like too many. And and like SBF was a 10 percent or 9 percent or something like that investor in Robinhood. And that was the first time I was like, obviously, they did this Robinhood GameStop thing because they want to they want to regulate crypto and they want it to hurt little people so that people ask for the regulation they feel confused by it they feel threatened by it but they think it's a good thing because they've been you know it's been talked up for decades now by people who have won on it or people who think it's like the an anonymous future for a libertarian society or whatever and they just think it's a good thing it's a necessary thing and they're gonna protect people from themselves who are using it i think there will never be true and uh, autonomy on the internet Until somebody invents a way to jump on the internet without a provider. That is the only way. Meaning the the control will always be at point of entry of the internet. At this point, you always need a point of entry. Like a VPN is a point of entry? 
Well, it's like uh, where were they talking? Oh, um, um, bit you right. I mean, this isn't necessarily point of entry, but they're trying. I don't know if you ever read the comments on Bitchu, but oh they gosh. are insane. I mean, There's, you can't watch the videos because it has all this horrible, hateful stuff. I tried to yeah, tweet it the like, other day. It, I was it, like, it's not the stuff in the, you know. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Bitchu's having problems right now because the banks won't allow them to bank there. And so the point is, there's always a, a point of entry that they can control. And, you know, so I don't know what your opinion is on on um, uh, using your real name on, on social media. A lot of people think that's social credit score. I use my real name. The only place I don't. Oh, I was just too they... stupid. To what? Know. I just was too. It was 10 years ago when I got that radio show. Like, I just didn't know <laughs> but I also think... that I could have been anonymous. But Monica, but I, Prez, I mean, this time it doesn't. Wherever you sign up, they know who you are. If you're on Twitter, you could use Mr. Bingo Bungo. Bop, 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 <laughs> yes. And they still know you're Bob in Wisconsin. OK, they just know yeah. that it's, you know. So what uh, do you think that we should have to use our real names on Twitter or are you can? Are you concerned about that? I'm an anarchist, so I don't care what you do. But I and also like the problem is there is no competition in the social media space. And when I assume that Musk or whatever is going to usher in the end of section 230 or whatever it is so that the incumbents have a wall around them and no one new can ever enter. So if you had total competition, then people could just vote with their feet. Like you're a racist jerk, or I don't like, you know, these are too liberal or whatever, but the idea that it's morphed, like your question implies that this is a public utility and that's the problem. Not only is it now public and not private, it's it's the public square, because, again, just like the Zoom thing, they shut down physical right to assemble, right to petition your government. And now and Elon Musk has said, I want this to be the public square. I'm like, no, because then we do have to decide on how it's used and your and it's going to be protected and it's going to have responsibilities and you're never going to be able to get any kind of competition. Look, there's nothing that there's. There's a substitute for everything, but like food and water. So don't tell me I need Twitter, have a right to Twitter, get off it. The problem is that they will give you an Obama phone. They will give you a TV. Like when they upgrade these and they give them away, they need you to have the propaganda. And then they subsidize certain businesses over others so that this is the stuff that is going to get like, you know, fire hosed into your house. So I would just go back and back and back and say, I don't want to add anything. I don't want to facilitate people thinking this is safe now. Like, like truth in advertising laws, the worst thing that could possibly happen, because if they didn't have them, you would never believe anything. You know, you would never believe any advertisements. You'd be completely free from it. But they, they have to convince you that it's worthwhile, valuable, safe, open and all that. And I would just say, like, if you want me to do anything, it's going to be to turn back the clock and pull away any kind of expectations or regulations for any kind of freedom, anything, and let it just be a wild west and it'll shake out. But still, you know, as long as you can grow a chicken, you really don't need it. Right. I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I'm just wondering in this day and age if, if maybe the answer is a little bit of both. And it, whether it's right or wrong, I wonder, like, I have been off YouTube forever in terms of this show. The show does very well audio-wise, uh, decent video, because we have to live on all the alternative sites. 
which is fine. But I have been completely kneecapped by YouTube. And I put my stuff everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere but YouTube. And it does not get the numbers that it used to get on YouTube. Because humans are creatures of habit. And they once you establish as the brand of excellence, it is so hard to break that. Like that's why all these all these football leagues keep trying to start and nobody watches them because we have the NFL, we like the NFL, we like this season, and this is when we and once the Super Bowl's done, we all want to move on. It's no. baseball or whatever. Trump did that. The USFL was successful, and then Trump moved it to go head to head with the NFL. So he's been he's been an inside job from the beginning. But you're right. Like we started this conversation. Like if there was one thing I could do, if I was one violate my anarchist principles for like one minute, and I'm moving away from that. I'm not sure it's realistic, but it would be to ban TikTok because it's so toxic. It's so bad. And I agree, like YouTube, the networking effects, I guess like 80% of everything is on YouTube. If you're not there, if you're not accessing the second largest search engine in the world, You're not there. And and yeah, I mean, and that's what I think you have to look at, like the 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 intelligence roots of Google, the intelligence roots of Facebook like this is there's no winning this game because these are their platforms. And it's just that's what's the most important thing. But see, that's what it's like. We can go full circle to the beginning, like we're just going to be Blade Runner. Right. So we're going to that it's all going to be plugged in. But I'm st- I believe that I will still have the ability to think and have genuine authentic relationships. Maybe only 20% of us have ever been really able to do that. Maybe the remnants will once again be the only thing left of humanity, but that will be enough. Maybe civilization has been from the beginning of the whole tax slave state uh, just a giant, like the remnant kicking the can of tyranny for 10,000 years. And we just have to keep kicking it. Yes. You're not going to get your YouTube back for sure. Not. And that all sucks. But the fact that they have to have that fire hose under total control and on full blast all the time, I think demonstrates that, that we remain a threat and it's based in the fact that we, we still think. Well, I I am somebody who goes, as I watch us move forward, you know, I've been a conspiracy theorist for a very long time, very long time. But I feel like everything got hyper warp drive after 9-11. And, and that's kind of a round when the internet starts to become the internet, the real, like, the early years of what we understand the internet to be right now. And as that internet grows, there becomes a permanent record of, of what is going on. And I think it gets harder and harder for them to use the same playbook over and over again. So we had a guy come on, I believe his name was Aaron C. He went by and he talked about how there was a queue hundreds of years ago. And it was this pamphlet or this book that got out that told everybody about white hats and all this shit. And, and it was like, and it and it was meant to like kind of galvanize and get everybody behind it, this movement. 
And it was the exact same playbook. And now Johnny and I have had discussions about Q and what I I can only understand. I totally understand Q is a is a intelligence operation. But I, I personally think a lot of people woke up to a lot of shit that was going on, like the Epstein's, the the the, the Democrat servers, the Ukraine, Hunter's laptop, all that stuff. And maybe that was meant to divide us even more. But I feel like a lot of people know all the news that's coming out right now. So in that thing, I don't think that conservatives are like riot people. I think that when when shit gets crazy, they get more into themselves. Like right. they they start to turn into themselves. They start, you know, living off the grid. They start doing that. And when shit gets really bad, that's when they show up with guns. Where it's like, okay, the kids are getting out of control. Time for the adults to show up. Which was, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin. You know, whatever you think of Kyle Rittenhouse. Here we are. They're riding. These guys show up with guns protect this these two indians car dealership and shit pops off he, he shoots and kills a pedophile all that stuff blah 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 uh that's my personal opinion i i think the notion of getting people going nuts this is what they do they 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 circle the wagons around each other and wait to see what happens um but my whole point is this i they can always keep coming up with new plays maybe but i just don't think they're that original and i think Every time they pull some shit that doesn't go the way they told us it was going to go, weapons of mass destruction, uh, Russiagate, it gets harder for them to pull the shit off. What's your thought? Black pill. Well, sorry. In in LA, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that you're going to ever get more than 20 to 30% of the people. You know, because I live here, I just, I feel like you're going to get so, because... Th- because at the same time they're doing this, they're making sure that you have to be more and more plugged in in order to make a living. And we're so comfort oriented. And and then if they if they actually have impaired our health to the point where they really like you to have to have pharma. So they like diabetes, they like heart problems, they like trans, they want you to have to have their pills. Um, I think there was somebody who tweeted at me a Star Trek episode, Catch Yourself White or whatever, where people were born addicted to this thing and they had to get it. So you can say like people will be woke, uh, awakened to this, but if you're already too immersed in like no autonomy, I don't know, you know, they just need a, I think they just need a critical mass. But again, I feel like, I don't think this minority that you're talking about, the irate minority, is going to take back the government. I don't. I think that we're we're going to have a technocracy. But how much they can get away with, I think, will always be limited by human beings just having a limit. Well, I mean, what I, what I have to say about that, like, uh, so you think that, like, I think I might be the last generation that might go off the grid. I don't think anything after me can even do it, even if they want to. Even if they understand what it is, I don't think I think I might be the last last generation to be like, okay, let's get off the grid with my wife. I don't think my kids are going to be like they don't they're not going to know what that is. They don't know what kids. I I was with my friend the other day and he's two years old and he gives him an iPad. I'm like, does he know how to hold it? No, my kid. uh, My friend had a kid (laughs) 
and and it start, and it started crying and instantly he gave him an iPad and the kid doesn't know how to l- do anything other than hold right. it. I can't imagine that kid getting off the grid 15 no. years I'm from now. I'm going to say one thing about that cuz my kids are very much like that, but when they have activities, they love doing the activities. And uh my kids are very smart. I I I have this weird I like Monica, I'm much older than you, but when we were young, our kids would, our parents just threw us in front of the television and we watched, we watched, uh, I watched eight hours of TV a day. So, so we might be getting dumber again. I think just our skill sets are changing to fit the, the, the changing uh, of the environment around us and how we make money. I will always have eternal hope. Now, Monica wants to know. I want to get into the final thing that Monica wanted to talk about. I I will always have hope. You know who runs the world? What runs the world? I think all I'm, I think all this stuff goes back to fallen angels and who fallen angels are. Are they archons created by the demigurge? Are they angels kicked out of heaven? Whoever they are, there's a small group of people. Babylonians, you know, they started out as Sumerians. And then it just keeps moving forward in the Babylonians. And again, these guys get in this video. You got to watch it, man. I'll send it to you, Monica. Just it breaks down the black nobility. And that's, that's who we're talking about here. When we talk about the three popes, the white Pope, who's the face of the Vatican, the black Pope, who is the general of the Jesuits. And then the one above both of them, which is the gray Pope. And he represents and they all they they have names. I, I'm just horrible pronouncing names. But the black pope is basically the black nobility. He is the guy who runs everything. The black nobility comes from the fact that there were these banking families, these Phoenicians, that wanted to take over the Vatican. And one pope locked himself in in the Vatican for decades to to fight back, and eventually. They sir came and and the Rothschilds, who everyone believes is the the accountants or the bankers of the Vatican, are really just desk jockeys. They're the red black- shield. They're red. Yes. So you have that red, you know, the color coding too. So they are the the Rothschilds are just the scapegoats for much darker. And there's a whole thirteen families everybody thinks there is, and then there's the real thirteen families. That are the the black nobility, and that's who the three popes represent. Didn't Webster Tarpley do stuff about that? How the yep. Phoenicians yep. went up? Was it Florence or Venice? They went up to England. They were even the roots of the English bankers, and then and that, he went off the grid. So it's super interesting because a lot of this goes back to the city tired or tritered out of Lebanon. I'm butchering the name, but there is where it was this fortified city. And guess who invaded it? And it's considered the greatest military siege of all time. Templars? Alexander the Great. So what does this get into, man? This gets into why everybody hates Russia. It goes all the way back to that. And when the when Alexander the second or third kicks out the Russia, this one, and then we get into then we get into Tatarians versus Kazarians, bro. And, and like, yes, the Kazarians. That's what I was going to say. You were talking about why they're the merchants and stuff. I think Kazaria was the merchant crossroads 
And they're the ones who converted to Judaism. That 13th tribe, I don't know. Arthur Kessler is probably <laughs> like a hangout of some kind, but that was a great book. I'm telling you, man, it's like everything clicks. Everything clicks. And you when gotta you give me it, more. What's I need that? a video. I need a book. Like I need. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this video. Okay. And it's this guy is so great, and I'm so upset because he only has a thousand subscribers, and his videos. Some of them only getting like a couple hundred views. I'm like, this guy is killing it right now, and it's like it's and it's like dance, dance. I mean, it goes all the way back, man. It, and his and it, and he was talking about how, and I'm gonna include the the links into this video, but he's talking about how the real dark angel is Moloch. And Moloch goes Babylonians, goes all the way back to Sumerians, and the Greeks called him Kronos and all this stuff, and that's where baby sacrifice comes from. And that's why when everyone, you know, again goes, and I, I get shit all the time, oh, Sam, Sam's ready to call the Jews, because I don't think it's them. I think when you take a look at even Epstein, the colors of his mansion, it's all occult symbolism. And it's like this this hurting of children is a very black magic. It goes yes, back yes. to child sacrifice to Kronos and Moloch. That's what it's all about. And that's what it's that 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 to me is everything. And this is these dark arts people who've made deals. I think it's all, I, I know it gets really weird, man. But if you were to ask me, it's all spiritual warfare and it's us versus the people who worship the fallen, who could be called archons, Anunnaki, fallen angels. They're all the same thing. And they all, so when you see them do, like, I can't even do the hand side because some dumb fuck will cut it off and be like, <laughs> look at he's worshiping this. But when they do the, do that, that with the three fingers up, the W, Christopher Knowles, he'll tell you all about it. That's the watchers. The the, the line's going up and down. That's the watchers. So th everything starts to click for me. And I'm when the you... black pill? This feels hopeless to me. <laughs> like, I feel like, oh my gosh, the baby's in No, but, but it's not hopeless. Because then you start to get into astrology. You start getting into that and the age of Aquarius and how that fits into the awakening that's happening and like i'm a spiritual guy manka you know like i did a lot of drugs bad drug addiction sex addiction alcoholism and all that stuff and like i'm a real like so i'm a knuckle dragger but man i've gotten into this real spiritual shit and like when i do certain things like love that like uh love attraction mob abundance um love thy neighbor clear your books at the end of the day and do it with discipline when i do those things it all comes back, and this is where, like, I have a visceral reaction when I start saying this. It's all about love. It's all about connecting and helping others. And if that's the rule of the universe, okay, for whatever it is, man, if the demigurge created this thing and it was a, a complete and other mistake, and but something's happened here where other gods or whoever came in and created this whole system, Love, abundance is the key to everything. And if there's law, if the law of the universe is love, then even Klaus Schwab is a speck of shit to the universe. They're all going to fail. That's just my humble opinion. And the day I feel like that's not going to happen, this show will no longer be going. It will be done. I'll call the day. 
wrap it up, find a new job, illegal Mexican. <laughs> well, Johnny don't have to find a new job? Johnny, yeah, Johnny you find a job too, you illegal Mexican. <laughs> well, That's I think I'm... I'm living your truth. So I maybe don't have my mind around it, but I absolutely live for that. I'm very happy that I have uh, a loving home and a warm bed. And I'm, I remember my youth well enough to know that like every single solitary day, like I go to sleep and wake up in a really nice comfy bed. And I'm just like, thank God. So that is more more important to me. Yeah. Monica is that we live in a haunted house. This is a giant haunted house, okay? And some areas are more haunted than others. And you can try to change them all you want, but there's a reason they're haunted. And your job is to figure out the game and to get out of that part of the haunted house. My great-grandfather saw his entire family mowed down during the Armenian genocide. They all died. He got out. He got out and he moved to Detroit and his family flourished. He didn't stay there. He didn't try to enact good and change everything. He got out, moved to somewhere else. You see it happen all the time in these ghettos and these hoods. People get really rich and what do they do? They move the fuck right out to a less haunted area. (laughs) I got to get out of L.A. Oh, yeah, God. I'm with. Oh, dude, I, I'm in, I'm currently we're we're all figuring it out right oh, now. God. I can't. I just I feel well. very. We should all pick one place. All the truthers move right there. Solidify the fort. There are a lot of places, but you know, there I do slowly but surely. I had this crazy total synchro where somebody was walking in front of my house with an impeach Gavin Newsom T-shirt, and I said <laughs> it on the on my show, and she. Listen to my show. Who would have thought that? That night, she heard the show. She was still wearing the T-shirt. She tweeted at me and like, she's my best friend out here now. And I have found, like I've had a couple of meetups and I have found some listeners who like are real actual friends, like like-minded people. And there are people here who are good and they're here for work or whatever. But I'm, I'm, see, that's why I really am super hopeful because there's always going to be a remnant. There's always going to be a human being who's still human. They're just, they're not going to be able to eradicate it. Yeah, I I agree because they just want to be us and they've sold their souls. And, you know, it's like we had this guy on last week and he goes a little deep, but he was talking about how California is based off the Hindu god, the Black Kali, and uh, that's all the dark arts that come, the god of death, and there's a lot of that to it. And maybe California, maybe, I, like, like if you take a look at, like, Iraq, like Baghdad, right? Like, how many times has somebody gone in there and killed a million of them? And you're like, that's sad and tragic, but why is that always happening in that one area all the time? Maybe that area is haunted, and I'm not condoning it, and I'm not saying it's right. And if I could, I would end it right now. But the reality is, if Genghis Khan went there and in a short time killed a million of them, and then the Bushes went in there in a short time killed a million of them, maybe that area is sadly haunted. And it could be built up for a little while, and then it gets torpedoed again. And then it gets built up again and torpedoed again. So I, that, my, my old thing is, what is the game? You can't, You can't beat the game. No, no, no. You can't change the game. You can only beat the game. 
And once you beat the game, you realize get the fuck out to wherever you are. If it's haunted, more haunted, and move to a less haunted area. That's my humble opinion. I'm working on it. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to send you these videos today. You, This guy oh, yeah. breaks it all down. You're like, fuck. I would love to set up a debate between this guy and some of these people who are like, it's the Jews. And I'm like, have this talk. But when people are very much entrenched and their and their their essence, their brand is based on something, it's very hard to come to grips that maybe everything you believe in isn't 100% correct. Well, I hope you're not going to, it's not going to convince me not to be Catholic because I really like being Catholic. I think the Pope drinks baby's blood. Like, I don't even know about the black one and the gray one, but the white one definitely has blood all over his cossack. But... I I don't know. I like at the it. highest yeah. levels, it's all psychopaths, and ca- Catholicism yeah. is an idea okay. paradigm. So it does not. It's either it's neither good nor bad. It's who who takes it and how they apply it. And you know, it's like my old kung fu, my JKD, Jeet Kune Do, uh, Sifu used to tell me. Even bad people can learn martial arts. So it's like you can take the worst. You know. The best thing in the world and give it to a, a a broken person and they can do bad things with it. So it doesn't really matter. All right. Well, us Catholics on the bottom, I think we're think we're salvageable. <laughs> I'm working That's on it. Jews, man. That's my opinion of, of Muslims. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I want to know about the Catholic thing, because I can I there's definitely something terribly, terribly wrong. And I would like, you know, I really that's another thing that I really don't like about the having identity politics all the time and identity is at the basis of everything is that you can't have real discourse about the people within your own, like they divide and conquer, right? So you go to Israel and they gave those people like more vaxes than anybody else on earth. Like that, that's not, they're not doing them any favors. And if you can't talk about like the bad government or whatever, can't have these dialogues. So I want to know what's in my own house. So I can, I'm happy to talk about that, to learn about it with an open mind. 100% man. And that, you know, you get down to it. It's like, I think they use Judaism, Christianity, Islam as masks to walk amongst us. Because if they actually let us know what they were into, I would think that we would lose our minds on it. I don't know today. I mean, everybody's so red thin on all this stuff. But Monica, one more time. Can you tell them where they can find you? Yes, thank you. Deep Dives with Monica Perez on your favorite podcasting platform. I'm still on rockfin.com slash propaganda report with Binkley. And you can go to my website, monicasdeepdives.com. I also do cocktails. I have the 12 cocktails of Christmas. If you want to go to monicamixes.com and I'm always on Twitter, you can find me there at Monica Perez show. Well, you're one of the best in the biz. I love talking to you. I still have the cup you, the coffee cup you sent me (laughs) and I drink, use it every day. And uh, we need to do some more live stuff. Figure out some. I mean, I've done shows with uh, like Eddie Bravo. We should do like a live show every once in a while in LA where we just do a podcast and talk mad shit. Oh, you did invite me once, and I was a little nervous, so I don't think I let my hair down. Plus, because you don't drink, you did not pass out the beverages. So next time, no, wherever I'm performing, people are drinking, and you can drink. Yes, definitely. That was so wrong. Like, I'm sorry, but you didn't drink at the comedy store. No, because I'm an idiot and I would have been, I would have at least uh, enjoyed myself and that kind of thing is infectious. But I was like, we're, 
when are the cocktails coming out? You know, two hours later, I'm like, where the fuck are the cocktails? I mean, fucking heck, she was probably on Coke that night. (laughs) Dude, you do not want me on Coke. No, 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 no. no. I don't want you on Coke. It's fentanyl now. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Guys, go to samtriplee.com. Check out all my dates again. Rockfin.com. All of our affiliates. We got Wise Wolf Gold. We got a new crystal. Uh, fuck. What, what's that? Hey, let me look up real quick. What's our crystal affiliate? We're selling crystals on samstribbly.com. <laughs> we got out brown gas. Uh, here we go. Come on, follow me. Oh, yeah. So we have uh, a cure hydrogen brown gas. And then we have Harley Ray's uh, crystals. Use the promo code SWARM15. Get 15% off. T-shirts are on fire. I don't know how much longer I'm going to do cameo, so get them while you can. <laughs> I love doing them, but it's also a lot of work. And just go to for all of my dates. Once January's here, bang, Tripoli's on the road dropping Hammer of the Gods, uh, possibly Gay Hammers of the Gods. You know, <laughs> depending, uh, if, if I'm on tour with Pelosi. Uh, but we love you guys. One more show, Dr. Shiva on Wednesday, and then we wrap it up for 2022. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hacked.